Driving the Culture Forward. This is Hypebeast Radio. I'm Ben Rosen. I'm here today with Eric Rosenthal and Jeff Rosenthal. Hey. AKA it's the real. Wow. AKA, hey. you should do your own AKA. Oh, oh shit. Uh, yo, what up? It's Eric, AKA the Baggage Handler, AKA Catch a Case. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, AKA Shoot a Boy in Blue, AKA Papa Smurf. Yeah, we're It's the Real and we're in some conference room. Yo. <laughs> Finally, I got to witness that in real life. <laughs> well, it's a little awkward because, like, you know, there's glass windows. And I don't know who's walking by and we're going to be yelling. Like, so that was a little sedated. That was good. It was <laughs> sedated. like the business casual it version. Definitely of it's was. It definitely it's, was. Uh, you know, it's early in the morning and <laughs> wait for us to get our energy up. Yeah. Haven't had my coffee yet. I can't do ad libs. That's exactly yeah. right. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for making time. Our pleasure. For coming down. Yeah, it's a long time coming. We've been talking about this for months. I think now of getting something going. Every day totally. I hit you up Every on day. Facebook Messenger and I say, "Can we come in and do Hypebeast Radio?" And you say, <laughs> "Who is this? <laughs> How did you get this number?" That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. But yeah, it's so good to finally have you guys down here. You guys are getting ready to go out to LA, I think. Correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah so have we was, mentioned that? Has <laughs> that been made public on yeah. social media? <laughs> Is that still a secret? That's all we do. I feel like it's at the end of like every sentence. We went down to Washington to see our uh, our aunt yes uh, this past weekend. Yeah. And I feel like regardless of what the conversation was, it's like, and we're going to L.A. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to L.A. We're going out to perform there for the first time, headlining out there. We performed in New York at SOB, sold it out at, at Highline Ballroom in New York, sold it out. We went to London to the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen, sold that out too. And what we want to do is continue this whole crazy streak that we're on and sell out our first trip to uh, Los Angeles. So the world tour is well on its way, basically. Yeah. It's just a really slow world tour. <laughs> it's slowly crawling around yeah, the yeah. world. Like some people, like, you know, they schedule like, you know, 200 dates in a year. We're more like, let's yeah, do this two. Is like, <laughs> this, is like the, this is like the xenophobic tour. It's just like any English speaking <laughs> country, we will be there. But we will happily go to any other country as well. Yeah, Germany, let us know. Please yeah. come to Brazil. That's right. Yeah. Oh Brazil. my God, I love come to Brazil. When people write come to Brazil in uh, Instagram comments, that's like my favorite thing <laughs> it's the ultimate fandom yeah <laughs> so you guys like you mentioned you guys just got back from london and you yeah. guys probably have a shitload of stories from over there what was so many kind stories of, i mean <laughs> you interviewed the legendary dj semtex we did for two hours live on stage which was which was fantastic to begin with um and you never know with people right like talk about something like dj Slay here in new york right um or a semtex or a lot of a lot of these guys you don't know if they're going to be like on. You don't know if they're going to be cold. You don't know what they're going to bring in terms of energy. Semtex was, and Casey was too, amazing, right? Like it's these guys who have such tenure and you don't know how they're going to react to a live crowd, to the gunshots, to like, you know, the, the ridiculous things that we ask. But he told such an amazing story, talked about uh, his arm being amputated uh, for the first time as far as I know, right? Yeah, but also like how that didn't stop him in any way from doing everything that he set out to do. Right. Um, like, Semtex always wanted to be a DJ. Semtex always wanted to um, be the biggest DJ. And for him to come out of a working class city like Manchester and to take over London in the way that he did, like, that was, you know, just a, an amazing thing for him to tell us. And for us, um, what was really cool about the live audience is that it was sort of a, this is your life experience because there were people from his past who hadn't seen him in 20 years who showed up off the strength there were people who traveled in two and three hours to finally hear this guy tell his story and there were people that were local who know him well that were there so when he told a story and he's telling anecdotes or whatever he can point out into the crowd and be like well he knows and yeah. he knows you know he was there when you know uh 
you know, a rival street team would show up from the States and like we had to fight them in the streets to actually post our posters up, right? So it was unbelievable. It was our first time in London and getting over there was crazy. Getting over there was crazy. The airline we took was um Okay, so the Yelp reviews that we read about the airline, because you know, this the the promoter he put us on this airline, which we're not naming because we're trying to get sponsors. Yes, we just want the sponsorship yeah. from this airline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so we're on um I'm the day before we started looking at Yelp reviews because the the I started getting these emails right before we were supposed to leave. And they were two lines long, and they were in Times New Roman, and certain words were like in bold, but there were no logos, and it just kept telling me that the flight had been changed to 22.30, and I was like, but it never, it was always at 10.30 at night, like it, it never changed. Right. And so I just kept getting this message repeatedly over and over and over, and so finally I'm just like, what is this airline? Like, maybe I should check out the Yelp reviews, and I look at it, and it has a one-star uh, review, and I'm just okay. like, oh, like maybe, like how bad can it be for like, because every airline is terrible, right? Right. These are actual reviews. I looked and it was like, I sat in my seat and I put my legs out in front of me and um, the seat in front of me was sharp and cutting into my legs. <laughs> or like, my luggage got stolen on the plane. <laughs> or like, I wiped down the seat with a white towel and here's a picture and by the way, it's all dirt. Like, these so, it was these were actual reviews and I was just like, oh my God, Eric, like, we have to, we're, like, I, I made Eric sit down in my room. I was just like, yo, <laughs> Uh, we're buying all the snacks. <laughs> we're buying. We're downloading every single Netflix movie that we can. Jeff, like, Jeff we was like, that. "Before you ask, we can't change our flight." Just so you know. And so we went there, and we get on, and we sat separately in you know different rows, different sections, whatever, because I wanted the aisle seat. Jeff, who is six four, for whatever reason, wanted a window seat. Oh, I thought you meant I'm six four for whatever reason. It's like you know, <laughs> God made me the way I am. I'm beautiful, just like Christina Aguilera said. And so we, so I'm sitting, you know, next to some people. It's fine. Jeff's sitting next to some people, and he texts me before the flight. He's like, "Hey, my seatmates are cool. Don't worry. We're, you know, no, see you on they the were side. nice because it was an older couple, right. and they had offered me gum before we took off. And that I was is like, nice. that is a nice thing to do. Nice. Yeah, classic old person. That's move. right. Yeah. <laughs> but like. So. You're you're taking you're taking a red eye flight for all intents and purposes, right? You leave at ten thirty at night on the East Coast and you land over in England at, you know, like ten AM or whenever it is, and you what you don't expect is to be woken up at I don't know, two AM or whatever it is for meal service. Like why 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 are they passing around meal I Everyone should be asleep. Yeah. Everybody in here should be asleep. You don't want to wake up and all the lights are on like they are in here, right? And you're just like, what's going on? And there's a jailbreak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they hand you food, not once, but twice. They did it like, while you're sleeping, basically. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm up. I'm up at this point. Now I'm just like watching the woman across from me who can't like understand how to work her television watching the Lego movie and fast forward, right? So the whole thing. So, and you know, when we made it over there, we made it over there. Um, and yeah, so like we went to Nando's, we did like all like the basic London yeah. things. We, we went to Trafalgar Square and it was awesome. So we, we, we want to go back, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, the, I, like you guys were saying about Semtex is kind of like, he's not, it's almost like, and, and in a lot of ways, this interview is similar, but it's like when you have to interview someone that's known for interviewing people, yeah. it's always such a difficult situation. And yeah. what, like you said, he never talked about, you know, his arm being amputated and you kind of just come out and ask him at a point. Yeah. And, and he has this whole moment where he's like, well, you can't just ask like that. And yeah. then he, but then he explains why he has that entire mentality. Is yeah. that, and that was like a good, like, 
It's tense. Totally. Because you're sitting there and you're like, well, this well, is live. Yeah, and there's, well, yes. First of all, it is live. Yeah. You're in front of like a live audience and I've just asked a man like why he doesn't have an arm. But I mean like, yeah. not, not, I didn't ask him. Not like that. Not like that. <laughs> that wasn't, hey, you don't have an arm. Um, yeah. No, but it was. Most people have two arms. Explain your situation. But no, I, I think, you know, Semtex's situation was, because um, I, I don't want it to come across like we're like, um, like really having fun with the situation. Like no, the situation was he was born with more white blood cells in one of his arms than the other one and caused him great pain. Great pain for his first like 14 years of his life. And then, you know, he he is faced with this difficult decision where the doctor says like you have to amputate your arm. Yeah. And so the way that we approached it in the, the interview was I was just trying to get the timeline right and be like, yo, like, did you, because I, I didn't understand like his medical situation at mm -hmm. that point. And so it was like, you know, did, did you always want to be a DJ? And he was like, well, you can't. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I actually didn't DJ until after I had my arm like uh, amputated. And, and I think for him, he handled it uh, very well because this is something that as he said, people ask him on the street or like if he's in a restaurant or something like that. But also, he's in front of a live audience now. Yeah. He's talking about this story to whoever listens to our podcast. And, you know, this is going to go somewhere. I think he handled it very well. And I, I, I honestly think that Jeff handled it very well, too, because um, there's a moment right after that where it's really, really tense, right? And... Then Jeff goes, and he's just like, well, you can't ask it like that, and this is the reasons why, and here's how you really do it, and da 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 And then Jeff's, and he's like, you know, so if you want to know, just ask. And Jeff goes, so how'd you lose your arm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. The whole room, like, you know, blew up, and it was great. Yeah. And yeah. And then, like, sometimes it's like, you know, he's always been great to us. Like, he was supportive from, like, day... I don't want to say one because like he wasn't, you know, Britain's a little behind on, mm -hmm, on, right. uh, on rap yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, 2008, he mm -hmm. was uh, he was very early on in this. And so this was it was a joy to meet him and it was a joy to to have that amazing conversation and let it live on forever, which is the greatest part of the podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. when people are like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that I just started following you now. We're like, why? Like, you can listen to them forever. Like, yeah, go home and binge listen. I don't care. Like, yeah. Welcome to the bandwagon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. No, it's, we, a, it's a slow world. We tour. only do that to people who are related to us like when like we see people aunts. yeah exactly yeah. just like really now you're on board all right fine. Yeah. <laughs> figures yeah <laughs> so speaking of the early days if we could go back a bit i think that you know now we're here to only talk about new shit <laughs> next the new album yeah. but if we were to go back i mean what was sort of I, I mean i've heard and i've read a little bit but for listeners and stuff like that what was sort of the genesis of it's the real as a podcast because you guys were doing sketch stuff before mm -hmm. that as well for yeah. a long time. I so, think. I mean, the honest truth is that uh, our agents came to us and were like, here's a great way. We had sold a TV show. So we had, we had this past with sketches and short form interviews and some podcast stuff and music and commercials and other, other things that we had done. We sold a TV show, but the process of getting the contracts right, the process of writing the pilot script is a very lengthy one. So our agents were like, here's one way to keep your name out there on a weekly basis, do a podcast. And we were like, man, it's space is crowded. We We've already done that. Yeah, like, why would we, why would we do that? And they're like, trust us. Like, it'll be a good look for you guys. It's easy. And we're like, okay, so what's the easiest way that we can do this? Oh, let's do it from our apartment. Fine. So we live on the Upper West Side, and we, and we were like, let's. What's a what's a what's a 
great way to sort of like sell this to a podcast network instead of just saying like rappers come over to our Upper West Side apartment. We're like rappers come over to our Upper West Side apartment for a dinner party style conversation. That's We're it. Like, what an amazing way to sell this. Like everybody's on board. And so um, the company that we had sold the thing to, they were like, that's great. We're going to put out a press release and they put out the press release and it says a dinner party on the Upper West Side. And we're just like, fuck, we have to cook for all these <laughs> rappers now. And the problem was that all these people on Twitter were like, that's an amazing idea. And so we're just like, God Aww. damn it. Yeah. So now we're stuck cooking like, you know, salmon and papillote for Bodega Bams. Yeah. And, you know. And by the way, he, by the way, Bodega Bams ate like all of it and then ate the lemon and like loved it. He was it. totally on board. He we was cooked a um, great Yelp review from Bodega Band. Yeah, we cooked fish for uh for what do we, for gunplay. What did we cook? Oh we made him uh we made him um, Oh sea bass. Sea bass right of because of yeah. yeah the the line that he right. says about sea bass. So and we so we had to make it for Yeah, him. so it was my birthday and we made him sea bass. We made all of us sea bass and he ate mine because he liked it so much and I wasn't eating fast <laughs> like, enough because I was trying to interview him. Yeah, and like went over to Jeff's plate and just took it. But so it was fun for a while, but if you think about the logistics of a Manhattan apartment. I was gonna say. Does not make like, it easy. Yeah. And, and, not whatsoever. And so you still do the cooking for we every do not show? do the we cooking. We sure do not, no. So, right. Hold that back. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you why. It's a few things. Uh, one, eating on a podcast is not the best experience for the listener. Right. Uh, that's why we didn't bring any food here today. <laughs> Secondly, when you're living in a small apartment, if you have, let's say, Lil Dirk, and he comes over in the hottest days of August, and he has a whole bunch of people with him, and you're trying to make burgers, and you're making like sweet potato fries that's in the oven, and it gets really even hotter than Jesus. than the you know the outside temperature, it makes for a very uncomfortable interview for everybody. It's aggressive. You know? Yeah. So, so, so we stop. Also, like, half people, like, don't show up on time. Like, nobody's eating this food. That's like, a big thing, too. It's just like, why did I spend, like, two <laughs> hours making this delicious, you know, spread you for... Turn, you turn into, like, the, the angry housewife. Yeah, Yo, that's, we're just that's like, what it is. We're why like, are you late? You don't yeah. appreciate us. Yeah. Like, yeah. So fine, just like, fine. Just leave. Don't don't <laughs> yeah. do this, then. Don't ever come back That's here. right. But... I'm not speaking to you for the rest of the day. What I, what I am so astounded by is mm-hmm. the people, the amount of people who hit us up are like, yo, you should bring the food back. And we're like, no. No, you want to know what? You bring the food yeah. back. Yeah, you bring the food it. to us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's enjoy it that way. I'm not making food for anybody but, ever again. But here we are, hundred, close to 150 episodes in, and you know what? We're doing fine without the food. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> now what you should do is you incorporate the live food cooking element into the LA show. You yeah, know, yeah. You bring oh it my back God. now. Maybe we should. Yeah, let's get some Korean barbecue, like a <laughs> truck to pull up. <laughs> You guys are also probably the most authoritative database of rappers. It's like allergy information at this oh, point. T- oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any issues? No. Then we're going to make you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> peanut satay. <laughs> <laughs> Just poison a rapper with <laughs> that, oh, peanut no. sauce. Wait, no, no but they said that they weren't. Wait, in this fantasy that we've just created. Uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't mean dinner party style. Yeah. It's a dinner party. <laughs> right. And of course, like in Clue, the movie, you kill someone and then figure out who in exactly. the room. That would be a really it. good podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kill like, someone in the apartment. Who did it? Listen, it's a new sort of. I say it was Ben. It's like serial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a new chapter to this podcast. You know. Oh God, we're going in a dark direction. We had yeah, we had That's the food fine. part, then we had the not food part, then we had the murder part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so to get back. Wait, um, 
almost lost my train of thought, but I All got good. it. We All got good. it. So, I'm Jeff, that's Eric. Yeah, we're right. Here. Yeah. And Eric, you you were at one point you were Kanye West's videographer. I was, yeah. So which was this is hypebeast.com. You kind of can't get away from this table without talking about yeah. Kanye West at some point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> any uh, I guess two questions. One, what was that like? Yeah. To any stories okay. that period. Eric, that spill are... some secrets. Okay. We need a headline. Right. Yeah, exactly. We... So first of all, um, I'm a, at that point, I am fresh out of college. I'm a young guy with a video camera who's persistent and got to know Don C and John Monopoly, who were managing Kanye at the time. And, you know, a year into that relationship, after we talked about different things, after there were like lots of email changes and I had to like go track them down. Not to sound like a stalker, but I like, you know, I really, persistent kid. I really, it was persistent and I wanted, I wanted to work with them. Um, and this was, this was uh, right before college dropout and they invited me a year later to the Grammys in LA with them. And so I was there for, I was there for the launch of good music here in New York. I was there with him 24 seven out there in LA and it was the most unbelievable experience because who am I? Like yeah. this kid from just north of New York City who's fresh out of film school, who's just, and this is before everyone has a videographer, you know? This is like a Canon XL2 camera, which is like a heavy yeah. piece of equipment. It's not like, you know, a 5D or, or your phone or whatever. This is like commitment to doing this when it was something to document someone full time. And they treated me like family. Like wherever they went, they brought me with them. If we went to Clive Davis's Grammy party, they wouldn't get, they wouldn't go in without me. If we went to like, uh, you know, this place, that place, fittings and performances and speeches, I was brought along with them. And these are like real street dudes from Chicago who are like looking out for for me, and it was amazing. Um, other than when like, they, so they gave me my own car and they traveled in like a pack of Tahoes or Suburbans or whatever it is with professional drivers that would speed around Los Angeles because that's what they do for a living. Me, right. I'm like, I'm going to die because <laughs> I'm going 80 miles per hour trying to follow these guys yeah. through like crazy intersections for the first time in Los Angeles. Um, it was amazing. I, I, I met, you know, now it's like sort of old hat but but then like i sat in the back of the car i was i was in a car with kanye's mom kanye's dad uh nabil wow who yeah. is you know now a big director but at, at that time was just kanye's photographer and he was like you know how i got this job and i was like i have no idea and he was like yeah i, I squatted on the domain name kanyewest.com and i did so like i heard that back then and then like years later it's like news because everything that kanye you know yeah we tried to we've spoken to nabil about uh being on this show we, yeah. we wanted to get that exact story you yeah know what i mean about I mean, sitting in the back seat with eric and yeah. <laughs> the exact one. story yeah, yeah he was like wait nah dude i can't talk about that one that's been nda <laughs> but no it, but it, it's true though it's true um and they all treated me like family like wonderful i was in here's a little something i was in uh, the record plant with Kanye, and he was playing stuff off of um, the second album. Um, late registration. Late registration, like early. It was just like new stuff, and it was like, this is crazy. And I'm in there with like G. Roberson, and and obviously Don C, and, and 88 Keys was there, and just a lot of people just hanging around. And um, at one point, they were like, okay, cool, let's go into like, the B or C room or something like that down the hall and check in with Nick. And we're like, all right. So I follow them. And all of a sudden I'm in one of these secondary studios with Kanye, 88 keys and Nick Cannon. <laughs> and Nick Cannon is recording, writing and recording. I don't remember the name of the song, but it's about, 
it became a single because it was about the chance that his mother would have an abortion and she chose not to and thank god because that's nick cannon right that's the the song okay and so i'm in there when kanye and 88 keys ghost wrote the whole like second verse or third verse or one of those two verses for nick cannon for that song right there so if you go back and listen to that either the second or third verse i don't remember the song exactly was written by kanye and, and 88 keys right there wow yeah also this probably doesn't matter to anybody else but kanye's then girlfriend who was a, a girl named brooke crintonton who worked for uh dave sirolnik over at mtv news um we're in this in in the studio at the record plant and we're talking about barbecue because kanye sent for a uh, he wanted oklahoma barbecue and sent for a chef from oklahoma to come to the the studio and make barbecue and serve it to all of us and we're talking about barbecue and this girl who i'd never met before who i find out later is kanye's girlfriend is like she says something about dinosaur barbecue and i'm like what do you know about dinosaur barbecue because it started in syracuse where i went to school and she was like oh my god like i love dinosaur barbecue i went to syracuse university i was like i went to syracuse so she and i were in classes together and i had no, no idea way. and all of a sudden she's now dating kanye west and i'm videoing him out of the grammys and it was the greatest thing thing ever so anyway that that experience being around those guys being around that experience shaped my life in, a, in an amazing way and and sent me off on this trajectory to come back to New York and meet with all these amazing people and take you know our career and and, and push it you know in a way that we never even thought would, would be possible so I love Kanye he always treated me well and all those guys from Don C and A-Track and and Consequence and GLC and John Monopoly and Barry his security guard Kudi and Chike who we recently reconnected with on our podcast um uh uh Gabe over at Def Jam. I mean, the list goes on and on for people who are lifelong friends and decent people, and I'm so happy for all their success. Great. Now we just need a Travis Scott story, and then <laughs> well, I mean, we'll we go we viral on this. We interviewed Travis um, before he got real, like you know, Travis Scotty. Yeah. Right? When, he, like when he, was, he was still so young and so, you know, fresh-faced. He was smiling and happy. I, people conversational. Should go, conversational. He, we, uh, we interviewed him and Chase. Chase B was there um, in front of... It was in Soho. It was in front of the something I forget what store. store. One of those, you know, fancy clothes stores that right. your listeners would know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's our SEO. The year was 2011. But you guys should go check out that interview. It's a lot of fun. And Travis shows a lot of, like, personality and everything. And it's he's just a... Always been a good guy to us. Yeah. I, I also, to speak on that, it's like, I think that, you know, you guys have the sketch background and you have this sort of pedigree in, in hip hop and stuff, but it's also, it's pretty impressive that you can make guys like, I think like Mano has been in sketches with you guys, Rosenberg, Cameron is a friend of the pod, as yeah. they would say, but like, how, how, like, how do you get rappers to, you know, embrace showing their sense of humor and, and like you said, kind of like having being themselves on camera and, and what's been the toughest person to get out of their shell yeah or like hmm. has anyone confronted you about the the jokes uh yes, yes. yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um i mean the story's out there uh, yellow wolf didn't like what we were saying um so he like yeah that was during an interview so you know he threatened to punch us in the face and there was that whole thing uh we we went to an event uh in 2009 maybe i think OJ the Juice Man was having his, you know, big sort of uh, CMJ show, 
at BB Kings and someone who we made fun of in a video uh, came through with a rapper who just got out of jail and the two of them grabbed up Jeff and threw a drink, like not just like the, yeah, the contents, glass. but yeah, the, glass the glass in my at face. Eric. So that um, happened. Um, Oh, we, we were threatened because he slept with a gun by his bedside that we could take this outside. Da, da, da. Why we got threatened is that th that was his threat. No, yeah, that was yeah. his threat. Um, <laughs> we, so things like that have happened. Obviously, the most funny is when we reconnected with Lloyd Banks all these years later, Having, 10 years after the fact or whatever. Well, so like our second video ever, our first video ever, we took Biggie's lyrics, you're mad because my style you're admiring, don't be mad UPS is hiring, and looked at it from the UPS drivers thought it was the worst thing ever, and DHL and FedEx guys thought it was the greatest thing ever. And so a video, like, which was put out in 2007, just like went viral before like being viral was like a thing. Right. And so the following week, because we would put out videos on a weekly basis, the following week we put out a video that was an early retirement party for Lloyd Banks. So just imagine a very sad, corporate meeting Conference room, room yeah. yeah with sad streamers and a like sad a like sign in board punch bowl yeah, yeah a sad cake with his sad face on it and said like good luck banks like and we it's were like, really you know like wishing him well you know yeah just like you know people at this like sad party just yeah. being like i can't wait till he shows up and, and then he doesn't you know, show up like all these but, white people calling him lloyd and like you know you were such a great co-worker good luck with whatever you're yeah whatever you're next. gonna do anyway like, so uh, Lloyd Banks comes to us eight or nine years later and is like, I know you, <laughs> I don't like you, you made fun of me, don't make me beat you up. And we were like, oh, all right. And then we had, to, we had to interview him for Billboard magazine. But, so we were but, sitting there for like an hour but talking for, to him. You know, an hour afterwards, he was totally cool and like- Yeah, he was fine. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, I, I mean, like in terms of like people who were tough interviews, the Migos obviously. Um, that's like interviewing three professional wrestlers at the same time. Oh, we only, well, had only two. two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was when-, when yeah, Offset was in jail. Okay. Um, but, but also, I, I, I do want to touch on the question you asked about, like, how do we get rappers to, to open up and, like, show a different side of them? Yeah. That was really important to us when we were doing those sketches for three and a half years every Monday. It was an opportunity to to be more saleable. You know, you can you can show a different side to you, and it doesn't always have to be, like, gruff and, and tough and... Which All was the that. only thing that the media was presenting at that time. Like, you know, the right. internet has now allowed everybody to have their own voice and be their own brand or whatever. But back in 2007, you didn't have those opportunities. Yeah. You, you had whatever MTV and BET put out for you, that was what it was. But this was a chance and... and you know, we we obviously will take all the credit, but but someone like Bun B is somebody who recognized that early. So he calls us up and he's like, I want to be in a sketch. So that when someone like Bun sees this ahead of time and is like, I want to be a part of this. I'll say whatever you guys script out for me and let's make a video and have some fun. A lot of people want to follow that. So that allowed us to do a video with Cameron. That allowed us to do a video with the clips. That allowed us to do, a, we turned Slaughterhouse into a boy band, right? Like these guys who normally wouldn't even like go near something that would sort of change their their narrative or anything or, or let Brand. people in. Yeah. yeah. We're now like, oh yeah, totally. You guys like get it and you guys speak the language and you guys aren't going to bring me down. You're only going to like poke fun at in a, in a roasting way well yeah let's do it and that slaughterhouse project the first one that was out on e1 sold a whole lot of records in no small part to them being like hey we're not just like lyrical miracle you know just all types of rappy rap stuff it's yeah. like we can show a fun side to ourselves too and and yeah i agree and then also i think um you know in terms of our interviews 
we we invite people over to our apartment. Yeah. Like that's a whole different thing than what we've got here. Like you <laughs> Yeah, it's no, a conference room. That's yeah, right. Yeah. No. You you kept it like real cold with us. But no, um <laughs> But even but even, you know, radio stations which are like sort of antiseptic and you know, you have like you know, a radio sort of vibe. That's not that. This is yeah, literally, you're literally our coming home. into our house and so it feels like nobody's listening, one, and also, so I mean, like, it's a very intimate experience, you know, we're all here in the small apartment, it's sometimes too hot, and, <laughs> um, and so you're sitting there, and you're just around a kitchen table, and that's it, and so, like, you're inviting people into your space, and so how could they not be welcoming, like, right. how, how could you come over to my apartment and, like, not be cool with us? And I think, too, like, one of the things we're very proud of is that, like, we make an environment comfortable for everyone, our jokes, like are ones that are, they might be an inside joke to the, the guests that we have there. Yeah, I don't know, Ben, we're fucking likable. Like, what do you <laughs> want me to tell you? <laughs> we had one of, we're, we're, we're friends with Peter Rosenberg and, you know, for 10 years and all that. And one of the things he still just like kills us on, he's like, why do people like you and have like such a hard time with me? Like, they'll tell it to us like on air, off air, in real life, like. There's whatever. such a difference between what he does, what you guys do, well, like you you're know saying. What? The hair. I think the it's hair the hair. is massive. I think it's the hair. Yeah, well, you're the curl god. I am. But I mean, look, Jeff. I, you, am I the wave god? You are the wave god. I don't think so. Don't shortchange yourself. No, I'm like a, a wave, like. What's kid? like a. You're no, like, like a wave kid? Duke. No, I was like, a, yeah, what's like a half god? Like. <laughs> demigod. Yeah. <laughs> wave demigod. Right. Like archangel yeah. or whatever. <laughs> no, that, I mean, yeah, because I think that. I think that the hospitality part must play a really big part in it because, like, we'll, we'll interview people and we try to get the Kanye story or whatever because that's that's our beat yeah yeah and, and people, people <laughs> that's the one thing you yeah, guys exactly. have but let me ask but, then, but they you... it will get nervous and it'll be like I don't really know if I want to talk about it on the air like that yeah are you against doing it in your apartment <laughs> I, I'm not it's not too late it's not too late guys. Yeah. to pivot yeah, yeah. what are pivot. you doing uh, the next you know or yeah I just just don't steal the murder bit okay just, no no the, yeah. mur Let us the murder bit that. is, is not this table that doesn't leave the table <laughs> That and I now have a totally great idea for an ASMR podcast <laughs> where we just eat Fritos the whole time because you said how awful it would be yeah, to no. listen to that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Be torture. We, we just get a rapper with grills and they have to eat food the whole time. You want like listen, Pigeons and Planes is having rappers interviewed by puppies, so, so you know anything, is, anything goes in yeah, 2017. That's right. All content works. Yeah, it just <laughs> fire away. People just love things. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that like one of the one of the interesting things I think a lot of us would, we, like you said if you have friends that are working in like rap media for which example, we do right yeah and it's like <laughs> the the major thing is everyone gets this whole like no nah, we're, we're pivoting to video yeah and, and writers get bounced yeah. in mass yeah and then it's like you guys on the contrary pivoted from video to audio yeah do you think that that's been kind of like what's the experience of doing that been like versus people always say we're very smart business well, I think I th the good thing is our company is only two people, so right. really we can't afford to like lay anybody off. It's just I don't know. I, I feel like I'm dead weight at this point. But, but you know what else too what, that we're very proud of? We used to like make a joke out of the whole like pivot thing for us. Like ten years in, and we've done so many different things. Once something became cool, we're like, uh, enough of that, right? We're yeah. like, we'll, we'll do something else. We we thought of our, of ourselves like the the artist that sort of like paint with sand and then blow it away because it's about the process right like that was us except now i think we consider ourselves more like um multifaceted and experts in a lot of different things and in 2017 you can't just do one thing right especially if you're a company of our size like if if you look at like action bronson or gucci 
and they have a whole bunch of hustles, that's what we aim for as well. Why can't we be excellent at a whole bunch of things and succeed at a whole bunch of things instead of just put all of our eggs in one basket? Yeah, it's the Kanye philosophy, right? Like Kanye Shout said, out. yeah. Kanye said, like, you know, I'm not just a rapper. I'm also like going to create the United Nations. I'm also going to like whatever, yeah. whatever. Right. Build yeah. a hotel and yeah. yeah, all that stuff. It's true. Like, you know, design clothes, whatever. Design shoes. It, you know, we also we used to do interviews like whenever we were interviewed, people would be like, well, so what's next? And we were like, well, you know, we're going to do a liquor line. We're going to have a skateboarding team. We're I'm going to have a solo career where I do a reggaeton album. Yeah. And it's going to be called Kaya Tuboka. You but, know, like. but now it's not so laughable. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Ben, stop yeah, laughing. This is going to be a real you know the thing. title is going to come out of left field. Like, <laughs> uh, maybe it's not out of left field. Maybe it's like right on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but also it's pronounced Izquierda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're very proud of the fact that 10 years ago, we had no experience in really any of these things that we're experts in now. And we're, we're happy to have those 10,000 or 20,000 or however many hours it's been that we've dedicated to making our crafts better in each one of these things. So, you know, books and TV and, um, you know, movies and whatever else comes our way that we create we're going to do we will do whatever we yeah. will beg groceries <laughs> but you know what we're going to be the best at begging groceries <laughs> we will take craigslist jobs any of that i like how you visited the hypebeast offices once and you've already gone on a kanye rant totally yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like totally <laughs> in genre <laughs> i just need like a couple more quotes about hetty slomane then i'm yeah. good yeah <laughs> and a it's face like playing, mask that's yeah right. it's like playing bingo yeah <laughs> Expensive shoes. Check. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Travis. We talked about Kanye. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, we're probably like one free space away. It's so true. Yeah. What was the craziest part about the Rockefeller putting together the entire Rockefeller reunion show? Yeah. Oh, you don't want to hear about that, Ben, do you? I do. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the craziest thing was that... So, so uh, the craziest thing is that it happened. I'll say that. Like... So we put together, um, if people don't know, we put together a Rockefeller like celebration. It wasn't everybody from Rockefeller. We didn't have Jay. We didn't have Dame. We didn't have Kanye. Kanye. But we did have Biggs, Hip Hop, uh, Chaka, who never does interviews, Lenny S. We had Young Guru, Just Blaze, Young Guns, Jim Jones, Freeway. And, and us. All on stage together. Yeah. And so the craziest thing of all that happening is that it actually happened. Like yeah. we are, but the, we, but we, the, we put out the initial idea, the initial, the initial flyer um, was six people. Well, no, honestly, no, before that, the, the whole idea was we were going to do our first big podcast in New York for a live audience let's not just show up with one person, right? So Jeff was like, let's do something like just bigger than the th like three people on stage. And what we did was, you know, secure six people. And then that turned into seven, eight, nine, ten people. And what we wanted to do was, was do a, a, a sort of like oral history of Rockefeller Records. And so let's start out with, with just bigs. And tell it chronologically, right? So you start out with just Biggs, then you bring out hip hop, and then you have the brother talk, right? So they're brothers, and their crosstalk is happening, and we're brothers, and there's crosstalk, and you're getting stories that you would never get before. Then you bring out Lenny S because you're talking about the Bad Boy Street team, because Bad Boy was running the streets then, and Lenny was on the Bad Boy Street team. And then you have stories from the three of them, and we build it out, build it out, build it out, build it out. But it almost didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. We haven't told the story, have we? No. Okay. So, a little exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew. Um, so, what happened was, uh, 
a lot of people might not know this, but Jim Jones was banned from a lot of venues in New York. For various reasons. For years. Years and years and years. Including he would bring 50 people and demand that all of them would get into a, a venue and you know venues don't like that and so that was like 2008 2009 at like you know different places anyway um it's 2017 times have changed jim is much more um you know like professional everything is like sort of like um streamlined with him so he has like only three people in his party those are the only three people he needs to get in that's totally fine he's not what he was doing he's not doing what he was doing back then yeah so we had to get, in order to get him into the building we had to like a week before we called up the venue and we said hey i know that he is not allowed here but can we get him in and so we talked to the promoter the promoter talked to the venue and everybody was like totally cool with we it got, we got a waiver to get him in and now it's like perfect yeah until you show up and the hip-hop police which is a real thing Okay. Like, you know, people joke about the hip-hop. It's a real thing. They just go around and they like to bother hip-hop events and bother hip-hop artists. And Jim is a favorite target of theirs for no reason. For no reason. It's it's like, it's really shitty and really unfair. Jim didn't do anything wrong. And so Jim was not allowed into the venue. And because Jim wasn't allowed into the venue, then Lenny... I'm not doing it if he's not doing it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, how could I... I asked him to do this. And Lenny's like, we'll just switch the date. And we're just like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, this is, and this is, though, this, people are already coming in the building. <laughs> oh, the, the place is like almost up to capacity at that point, right? And this is a sold out show. This is a big look for us. This is, you know, we're, we're not only like hosting it, we're producing it. We're, we're everything. This is everything to us. And now we're standing outside as like, you know, friends and family and, significant people in the business are walking by being like hey good luck everything good why do you look so ashen right yeah (laughs) and and so finally somehow maybe like there was a break in the action but somehow we were able to sneak jim in we snuck jim in past the hip-hop police uh, well, the, so the hip hop police were like, okay, cool, but the venue was like, not cool. Yeah, the venue. We don't had, like. Okay, the venue. The venue had switched sides on the whole situation because they didn't like what was going on. Yeah. Oh, okay. the hip hop police has a problem with this. Well, see, I knew it. I knew this was a problem, guys. That's why no, I was not on that list, right? Yeah. So there's a back entrance, and we snuck various, you know, sort of methods. We snuck Jim back in and upstairs and no one knew until he hit the stage. And there was one point while we were, I don't know who we were speaking with. Oh, we might've had like, it might, might've had like uh, Young Guru had just come out or something like that. I think it was just before Just Blaze. And we're out there and I hear like Jim's like sort of voice getting louder up in the green room. And I was like, oh, please, please don't let this be like, you know, the yeah, building found yelling. out yeah. and they're going to go kick him out or something like that. But it was honestly just Jim having a great time, like catching up with like the Young Guns and Freeway and Just Blaze and everybody, right? And then he came down on stage and killed it. Like people might have seen his name on the flyer and thought like, oh, Jim Jones. Yeah, yeah not is... really like who I think of when I think of Rockefeller. But like, first of all, th- th- that was a very interesting perspective to have on amazing stage. perspective. And that you know, his it, sense of humor was yeah, amazing. So good. His stories were great. Yeah. The connections that you didn't know, like he and the Young Guns were tight, and you know, uh, Freeway and Young Chris are over on uh, one side of the stage, and they are. 
you know, while we're talking to someone else on stage, they're FaceTiming with Beanie Siegel. And so wow. you see Jim, if you watch the video now, you can see like Jim leaning over there and like saying what's up to Beanie. It's incredible. And for us, and we've, we've said this before, but it, it remains true. We would have had this conversation. We care about Rockefeller Records so much. We would have had this conversation just if it were the ten of us or the twelve of us or whatever in a in a small room like this. Right. Like we just we just want to experience those stories, feel like we were in in baseline with those guys, and that we were able to do this in front of an audience of six hundred is uh, it, it mind blowing for us, you know. But you know that's just another sort of like amazing notch in a un. Uh, expected career for us. Yeah, and I will say, like, we have no problems with the venue now. Like, it was, yeah. we, we would definitely do, like, another um, event at Highline. Like, you know, it, it was just, like, there was a specific situation that was happening, and so they, they came down on that. But, yeah, um, and now we're working on new uh, live events. We're going to do some in other cities. And yep. and, and the, the greatest thing is that, you know, we have this, this track record now, SOB's Highline, Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen in London, and this new one in LA in, uh, at the Bootleg Theater on November 2nd. And what's great about it is that each one has gotten better. Each show has gotten better, more streamlined. We understand what works and what works even better. And this LA show, which we have amazing guests for, which we have a lot of dope bits, which we have a lot of surprises for, is going to be honestly the best one yet and if we can sell out that room then the sky's the limit toronto and and denver and atlanta and chicago and detroit and philly and all these cities that have been asking for us even like random cities like you know uh asheville north carolina which isn't random our parents shout out to asheville Asheville. but but if we can if we can sell the show in la and the cool thing is too we we sold the show in in in, at uh, sobs here in new york somewhat with the help of people who weren't even going to come in the first place. Like, people from Guam got tickets, and they were just like, hey, we want to donate to the cause. Like, you you have done all these episodes for free. You have done 10 years of content for free. Let me, like, send you, like, 20 bucks is the least I can do. And that, that ticket was able to go to somebody who otherwise wouldn't have been able to get into the building. So we sold out that room with the help of like people from Seattle or Tampa or whatever, plus the people who were in New York City coming to the show. People can do the same thing for the LA show if they want. Sure. You can go to itsthereal.com right now, buy a ticket, and then forward it to Eric at itsthereal.com or Jeff at itsthereal.com. And like, you know, support what is a two-man business that is just fun and unexpected and amazing and we think doing a lot of right in this business yeah and if, ben if you want to be the third person on it then you can start making food for people who come over to our apartment there Perfect. you go i've already got half the last name down and everything <laughs> yeah. i'm like i'm practically a distant <laughs> yeah, cousin you spell right. your name weird yeah i really do no yeah. I, I had it's a whole like rowazin <laughs> yeah a lot of people mispronounce it the first like 24 times that they do it oh i mean gentiles clearly yeah, yeah right. clearly no but it, yeah it's a I, I did a whole thing where i like, went back and checked the ellis island records on it and it's like the only family that spells it this weird Whoa. ass way. That's yeah. awesome, though. By the way, yeah. Rosenthal, not our name when we came to uh, Ellis Island. Yeah, real yeah. Don Draper situation. <laughs> oh, you had that too? See, yeah. Mine, yeah, mine was not spelt like this when I got here. Well, what, what happened was um, our grandfather's family uh, was traveling over here by boat, and someone in the family got sick on a boat, and a doctor saved this family member's life. And the doctor's name was Rosenthal, and as a tribute to this doctor, 
changed our name to Rosenthal. So anybody who comes around and is just like, are you related to it? We're like, probably not. Yeah. yeah probably not. Almost no. Yeah, Almost yeah. definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> but shouts to the Shapinskys. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever we were before that. Yeah. yeah. Before our reinvention. Yeah. yeah. Crazy and, that our name was even more Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which, speaking of family, there's yeah. another Rosenthal. There oh, is. Yeah. He's and got he, a real job. And he does. He has yeah. yeah. He wears a suit. <laughs> Yeah. And he's he, a twin, right? He's my twin, yeah. So do you guys ever MF Doom it and just have him sit in instead of you for well, interviews with rappers? the problem is that, one, he wears a suit. And so, like, oh, obviously, it's a dead giveaway. <laughs> I know you. You're not. But also, we don't... So we're, we're fraternal twins? Ah, oh, damn. I know. That goes the whole bit. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... Makes you know, his murder mystery way easier, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was the guy that looks like the other guy. Um, No, he's six inches shorter than me. And so, like, it's a big difference. He looks sort of like a combination of the both of us, you know? Yeah. And he wears a suit. He's our brother. Yeah. yeah I mean, I was, I, I really wanted it to be an identical twin situation. Yeah, so no. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> half the time that you were talking about Dega Bams, it's just someone else <laughs> just kind of pretending. Yeah, it's Dan in here just lying. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, we went somewhere, and I think we were at a friend's birthday party, and Dan came with us, and someone was like, oh, I know you from walking through the podcast. Because <laughs> it's at our apartment. Sometimes Dan comes home from work, and we're, we're there recording. Oh, yeah. Hey. yeah, it's yeah. like this is Dan. It's like, oh, how's it going? Well, I mean, like you know, that's how he knows, like, or how Angie Martinez knows him. Mm-hmm. How you know all these people? Dave from Chromio, or, yeah. or whoever it is who's just sitting down with us. And, and Dan all. works in like the events business, and so like all these people will see him and mm-hmm. be like, oh, I know you. Yeah. You're the guy, which is amazing. And how does your family like? Because you guys do talk about your family a lot on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Wait, too much? Too no, much. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, 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 like okay, you, okay. like you said, I think, the, I think the fact that it's basically like, hey, come on over, have a drink. We'll yeah talk about whatever yeah. how does your family feel about it do you have a tough time explaining um the entire yeah well the good thing is that we don't live with our family anymore <laughs> well yeah no just our brother so like you know um, aunt marge isn't like what what are you doing today yeah but um i would say that there was a there eric went through this more than i did because eric is um older than i am mm-hmm. but i think that there's there was a hump that you had to get over with them mm-hmm. um, in terms of like them understanding. But then as soon as you started working with Kanye, then it was like, oh, wait, there's an actual more Kanye talk. Yeah. 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 Make that the headline. Right. As, soon as, as soon as Eric started working with Kanye, <laughs> our family believed in us. Yeah. Honestly, Hashtag like viral. Yo, Hashtag. when when Hey Mama came out, our mom was so on board. She was like, this is the greatest. And but but I think that while you know, I got a degree to be a filmmaker and Jeff got a degree in American studies. Our parents weren't like, oh yeah. Yeah, be a banker. No, no, no. no. Wear but, a suit. But they, but they yeah. also weren't no, like- just a damn. <laughs> what they wanted us to do was was to be more settled. They wanted, they didn't want like the sort of like question of, you know, where will this paycheck come from? Or like, you know, will you be able to like pay your rent this month or, or whatever it is. They wanted like, you know, hey, direct deposit, make a career and like succeed so you can live the rest of your life as best you can this was a, a bigger challenge this but once they saw the way that we worked and the commitment even while we weren't getting paid we didn't get paid for many many years this was like out of pocket this was taking odd jobs to like pay the rent this was writing you know uh lists that we didn't want to write i was a magician's assistant of a job i got off craigslist that is a for true like story forty dollars as a true story yeah, it was the worst weekend of my life but but, but. <laughs> Jeff was not sawed in half, so we're okay. But <laughs> no, it, no, I anyway. But 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 
our parents, once they saw like the commitment, once they saw the passion for this, once they saw the results, and also once they, you know, co-starred in a couple of sketch videos, they were they were cool too. Star power. They were so yeah. on board. They were like, "Can we do this like some more?" Yeah. But once they saw that, they were like, "We get it, and we see it, and we appreciate it, and we and they would root us on." So, and now it's something that's totally understandable. You know, also there were there were mile markers that sort of. Uh, get a certain sense of understanding for our Aunt Jane or our cousin Warren or something like that. But even still, like, Aunt Jane will always be like, you know, I, it, unless it's in writing, then it doesn't happen. Like, Aunt right. Jane is the more, like, um, worrisome of the family. Sure. But there are things in our career. We interviewed Stevie Wonder. We were on the front page of the New York Times art section. We sold out all these venues that that are things that our family can understand, you know? They may not understand that we're rapping with Bun B on a song called Girls with the Dirty South. They may not understand that we went down to Bonnaroo. They may not understand that we, you know, uh, threw an early retirement party for Lloyd Banks. Like, that may not click with them. But the the good thing for us is that it clicks with a huge audience online. So we're, yeah. we're happy for that. And speaking of the New York Times thing, I remember when... when that, that was back when I think the whole hip hop podcast thing and like being rap internet was still sort of new. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think it was you guys and Kid Marrow. Yeah, the same, totally. yeah. The same profile basically yeah. being like, these guys are talking about music on the internet way more than is humanly advisable <laughs> and they're doing it for free. You want to know it was wild, by the way, just real quick. We were introduced to Marrow um, maybe a year before that at a Wale listening listening party for uh, maybe, I don't know, one of his second album maybe. And we uh, we were introduced to him. Wale's like, yo, come here, like talk to this guy. He's amazing. And we linked up with him and like, you know, we, we had known about him before, but we'd never met him. Right. And, and he was, he had a, a blog spot, right? That he yeah. was writing. I forget the name of it. Victory it like, Light. What's that? Victory, Victory Light. Light. Yeah. I was like, Natty Light? No, Victory Light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we're talking and like, you know, it's like loud music playing and a lot of people. So it's like, yo, let's exchange information. And it's just like, you're a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks fan. Cool. And it's like, we're good. And Oh, wait. I remember that we left that party and we all got uh, gift bags. Oh, I think that was, a, that was a different party. That, that was, was the Eddie, Eddie Wong. Wong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Party. So we met him the second time at an Eddie Wong thing. And um, Mero, at that time, he was so like, you know, uh, like wide-eyed. Yeah. And like. Green. Well, no, but he, he was just so, like, enthusiastic. He was just like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I met you guys. He's like, I can't believe that Wale knows who I am. And, and I can't believe. And so we gave him our extra, we gave him a gift bag. We're and like, he was we're just not like, going to, like, take this home. So here, like, you know. Yeah, because we never, we yeah. don't care about it. And so, but he was just like, oh, my God, like, this is the best thing ever. And so, Which like. Is dope. Yeah, like, I, I can't believe we've known Mero, like, you know, right before he was about to pop off. And then, like, now that yeah, he's. Yeah, and. Like, shouts to John Karamatica who profiled us in that piece, like, for having the foresight to see that our talent and his talent were something to champion. And and now we're excited for their success on, on Vice, uh, Viceland. And I think that uh, those guys always show love to us, which is which is also dope. Yeah, shout out to Jesus and Mero. Yeah. They, they need to come on the pod, too. Totally. <laughs> totally. Guys, do it. If you have any Kanye stories, show up. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I mean, if you don't have you? any Kanye stories, how embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Catch <laughs> up. Yeah, don't even show up. 
that's how we do it. Actually, like we screen people. Yeah, yeah sure. They have I to have at least totally. one. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, the thing was at that time, I think that you, Marrow, and I mean anybody, I think except for I think like the guys that were doing like Combat Jack and people that were doing early syndication of podcasts. It was like you were doing this for free, and like you said, you had to do odd jobs. It was like some of the bigger obstacles and stuff that you had to get over at the beginning or throughout those years. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I I think. What, okay, so when we started, we wanted to separate ourselves from everybody. We, you could be, you could be on YouTube. YouTube was popping, right? Like everyone's like, "Oh, this is a way to get my stuff out there," and no more gatekeepers. I don't have to do U, uh, UCB. I don't have to like, you know, knock down doors to get an audition. I could just do my own stuff. And so everyone at that point could be a sketch comedian, and we were like, right. "Well, let's be hip hop sketch comedians." So because we'll that's be, what we care about. That's what we cared about. That's us. And and. You know, we, we won't get lost in the mix. We'll just, it may be a niche audience, but that's us, right? The other thing was, we're going to separate ourselves by doing consistent things at a high quality. We were going to make sure that every Monday, even though we're not getting paid, we don't have any sponsors, no YouTube partnerships, nothing like that. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m., you knew that if you went to Not Right, Miss Info, Two Dope Boys, um, uh, the smoking section, uh, Real Talk New York, any any website. Yeah, our video was there. Allhiphop.com. You knew that you were going to find a new video from us. It was going to be, it was going to look dope. It was going to... But it was also not going to be like the same thing every week. Like we went, so for instance, we talked about the first two videos, but we also did like cartoons. We all, and like, you know, it's just us like in our apartment doing like photo shoot, like, you know, uh, the, making like a black box like talk instead of yeah. like we're, we're not animators, but we don't no, know what we're doing. We, but like we, we we did this thing. You know, we had that we had a uh, we got we were so creative if I can just say so because we would have ideas that wouldn't work for a three minute video. So we're like, well, this worked for like a ten second thing. So we put a whole bunch of those together and called it Fail Ideas in Hip Hop. One of those ideas was called Soldier Boys to Men. Right, this mashup between. Um, yeah, uh, crank that and uh, end of the road. Yeah, and so and shout out to Greg Mayo, who's our longtime music producer and best friend, who who helped us craft that. And then that got such a great response. We're like, well, let's make a whole video around that about like the meeting of uh, Soldier Boy and and the three remaining members of Boys, or maybe it's the four remaining yeah. members of of of, uh, of Boys to Men. And we made a, a sort of not a diorama, but it was something. like a, it was a shoebox. It was a shoebox with like. Yeah, I mean, Figures on I'll say this, sticks. the most amazing, the most watchable part is um, the actual construction of like the, the diorama, mm -hmm. everything else about that video, like the, the, cause we, we had these, um, these stick figures like talking to one another, like in real time and the dialogue hasn't aged well, okay. but everything else about that has. So, so what we would do is. You know, again, we're not making any money off this. It was just making sure that we had the focus to keep going. Like, n not to, like, you know, shit on anyone else, but there's a lot of people who would give up if one video didn't go viral or right. another video didn't put up six figures. Like, it didn't matter to us. It mattered that we put out great content. And while some stuff is timely, other stuff is evergreen. And our thing was we're in this for the long haul. Like, we're not coming into this business and we're not looking to be anything we're not. We're not selling out. We're not um, like using hip hop just to get somewhere. This was this was us. This was our lane. And, you know, we are hip hop sketch comedians, but 
we can do a whole bunch of other stuff besides YouTube videos. If we right. were to just do YouTube videos for the rest of our lives, then we'd just be those guys. It'd be stale. You you, you can't paint us into a corner, right? Yeah. Like what I'm saying, look, we're experts at things. We put in the time and effort and, and we're here. We're 10 years in and more relevant than ever. And that's what we're thrilled about and that we never sold out. Yeah, and you guys, you still don't have, like, the show doesn't have sponsors. You joke about it, I think. Right. Oh, yeah, no, we're, like... Adidas track pants are a sponsor. Yeah. That's <laughs> south of the border, the road stand down between North Every and single Carolina. person that we bring up, like, every brand is just like, oh, thank you for bringing that up. They're a proud sponsor of the I was podcast. about to say, that that yeah. airline from earlier, all they're that, a sponsor of this podcast. All of that, all yeah. that. Um, we are... Actually, shout to Yelp. <laughs> Getting that Yelp check. Let's do that. Yeah, what's what's cool... I uh, know. Here's, here's one thing. Honestly, on ten seventeen, uh, who was on the episode? That was um, whoever was like uh, uh, Big Face Gary or yeah, or, that was Big Face okay. Gary. But uh, on ten sixteen, the day before we put out the episode, uh, Loudspeakers Network, who uh, distributes our, our podcast, hit us up and they're like, "Hey, if you want, we have a last minute placement for an ad from Gucci Mane." We're like. Fuck yes! Like this is the greatest. Finally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, of course, it comes out on ten seventeen. Of course, was, I'm listening to the Mr. Davis the album anyway. Like yeah. this is gonna be amazing. And we had the most fun. And somebody, maybe more than somebody, but at least one person hit us up, and they're like, "I wish Gucci Mane would sponsor every episode." We're like, "So do we." Yeah, so do we. But it was great. Anyway, please sponsor the rest of our podcast. Yeah. Uh, Gucci Shout Mane. out to Gucci. If yeah. you have any Kanye stories, come on and, and talk about them right here. No, Boom. no, do it on our podcast. Oh, sorry, sorry, crazy. Take turns. Right? <laughs> it's okay. We'll all just reunite for that one. Yeah, It'll yeah. just be the, the Gucci episode. <laughs> That's right. So usually I think kind of like our end point is if you guys could, if there was like a time travel situation, you, you go and you meet 13 year old Jeff and Eric, what piece of advice would you give them at this point, looking back to like keep them on the right path? What would you steer them with? Um, Oh, well you can go ahead. Do you have something serious or no? <laughs> I like that you were like, hey, I don't have an idea. You do it. <laughs> yeah. Pass. Because you would have done the same thing to me. <laughs> Eric, Eric knows what he would yeah. say to his 13-year-old self. Um, I would say um, learn your half tour portion. <laughs> um, I would say... Don't walk don't, right into yeah. it. <laughs> don't, don't pretend. Just, yeah. Don't like just don't rely out the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dan uh, and Jeff had a banana mitzvah, so they could like you know. Yeah, Dan did the horror portion. Cover, I was yeah. just like, uh, I'll do the easier part. Um, my stuff has vowels in it. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is just good Jew content, right? Exactly. How many Jews listen to this podcast? At least I'm one. All right, okay. <laughs> let's do it. the guys. It's one fan at a time, right? Um, I would say, what would I say to myself? I would say everything that you thought you knew at 13 is going to be wrong. <laughs> like. Everything, all the technology is wrong. Yeah. Obsolete. Yeah. I, I would be like, yo, Eric, don't eat all those BLTs. Like, just not good for you. Or eat them now because later, you know. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and I did. Yeah. I did. I was a fat 13 year old. But anyway, <laughs> or chubby. Wait, Heavier? I don't husky. Know. Can that be the <laughs> But Stop eating BLTs. But, but no, you know what? It's like a Tyra Banks episode. You know what? I, I was would, a fat 13 year old. I would just be like, <laughs> I, I think we've always like embraced our creativity. I think that's one thing, like, you know, we've always done and, and we're very proud of, I, I might've been like, just, you know, even stretch it further, like really like believe in all this stuff and screw the, the gatekeepers. I, I think, I think anytime that we were sort of like approached with someone who said no, we were just like, well, all right, you've given me the ammunition to go further and like, and just be more determined. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that 
we had that in our past and we're very good at getting in touch with people and we maintain these relationships and you know all the stuff that we did at 13 14 15 through high school and into college really it all informed everything that we we currently do totally um so if i can tra- if i could time travel back to when i was 13 I would tell 13-year-old me to time travel back to 1941 and kill Adolf Hitler, and that would be the murder mystery. Wow. Boom. <laughs> so right before you were going to say that, I was like, oh, I would tell 13-year-old myself, like, save those those jerseys. But you you have an actual good, like, response there. So I'd actually do it back in the 1930s, yes. not in 1941. <laughs> not, as, it's not as, like, suspicious. Right. Yeah. He was nobody then. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, kill him when he was a nobody. <laughs> That's a solid piece of advice to end on. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thanks for having us, guys. Awesome.